there's been uh, a pretty uh, exciting bit of breaking news in Western United Excellent land over point. the last week. So we better address that first. That's the regional football facility in Tarnit, which has turned soil. So to tell us more about that, we've got the GM of Football Operations, Mal Impiombato, standing by on the Zoom call. Mal, thanks for making the time. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's our pleasure, mate. Uh, major announcement during the week. We saw the uh, the posing with the shovel and so forth. Members of local council, the chairman of the club there. Uh, very excited faces all around. Tell us just how significant is this announcement? As Mal freezes on the Zoom call uh, in an inopportune moment. There he is. The real He's master, back. Master, is he back? master of suspense. <laughs> such a big, we'll have such have a big announcement that I just hold that, hold that pause. Have we got you, Mal? Yeah, I can hear you clearly, actually. All right, lovely. Uh, just how significant an announcement is this for the club? Yeah, quite a significant announcement for the club. Obviously, it's a big part of the project of uh, the Western Melbourne group. And to be able to obviously turn soil, it's been a fantastic milestone for the football club. Um, I guess a long journey that's been stunted by, I guess, a pandemic in the in the short term. Um, so obviously there's not many clubs that have started during a pandemic, let me tell you that. So it's been a, uh, a significant challenge, but at the, at the same time, I guess a great reward for the football club and all the hard work that our chairman, our board, our CEO and, and Chris Frangos, who's been leading the facilities project um, to be able to get this underway with the, the, the city of Wyndham and the Wyndham City Council is a fantastic uh, outcome for our football club. Yeah, well, it is, as you said, um, a product of massive work from a lot of important people and, <laughs> having dealt with a lot of uh, huge challenges as well. Now, Josh and I have read the release and, and studied the tape and injected all the uh, information about the latest updates on the um, on the stadium into our veins and the area around it. But for those of the Western United fans who might have missed what's come out of the club and all those specific details, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of facilities and, and amenities we can expect to see in this this opening phase? Yeah, it's a, it's a facility that's going to cater for up to 5,000 spectators as a starting point, which is, I guess, um, a great starting point for us as a club to call home. I think that's probably something that we've been screaming out for in the first three years of our existence, is an opportunity to have a facility in our heartland and in our, in, our, in our catchment area that we can call home. And this provides us with that opportunity. So um, the facility in itself will have three pitches, of which two will be grass pitches. Uh, one will be a synthetic uh, and allows us to obviously have the facilities and amenities to host matches in, in potentially um, what is hopefully our, our W League and A League women's side, um, our FFA Cup matches, our MPL matches, as well as the opportunity to build, I guess, on top of or add infrastructure to potentially house um, A League men's matches as well. So um, the facilities and infrastructure underneath the, the main stadium allows for change rooms and and facilities and amenities to cater for both matches and also training for boys and girls, men's and women. So it gives us a, a chance to provide, I guess, an opportunity for every boy and every girl in the West to have a have a home uh, where they can play their football in our heartland and uh, an opportunity for us to actually call a place home for the first time in, in the first three seasons, which is um, something that we've certainly been looking forward to. Well, Mal, you absolutely hit it on the head there, really, because that's exactly what I was going to ask you about, that the potential to have at that new um, grandstand and the the area surrounding the chance to have the academy, the uh, the women's setup mm. and the senior side potentially playing games there. As, you know, someone in your role as, as the, the sort of GM of, of football, you know, you're focusing on all those different sides within the club. It must be pleasing for you, someone who does specifically what you do, to be able to have them potentially all in the, uh, in the same tent. 
Yeah, yeah. To be able to walk in uh, and into a facility where you see your your men's, your women's, your boys and your girls all in the same facility, um, that'll be something that we're certainly looking forward to. Because as an aspirational player, um, you've all played the game. To be able to go to training and see those people in the roles in the in the A League women's and the A League men's space, and to aspire and be in the same facility as those uh, men and women. It gives them a real aspirational goal that they can aspire to, with uh, with obviously them being in the forefront of uh, of the facility. And it's it's great that we can obviously house that. We're great that we'll be able to uh, be able to facilitate all of those um, those teams into one place. And um, I think it's just a great opportunity for us to really build that home and that that fortress that we're going to create in that precinct. And obviously, this is just the first step of the part of the precinct, and it's a great start for us. Uh, but it's obviously one part of a, a larger puzzle, which hopefully brings us to the, the ultimate uh, project, which um, when that does come to fruition, we're certainly going to be, I think, the leaders in not only the A-League space, but also in, in Australian sport once that is completed. Well, if people haven't seen the renders for it, they're actually really exciting. And I was uh, quite impressed with the the ingenious design of the whole thing, the efficiency of the whole thing, because it's this two-story building that's going to be, you know, the office, the gym, all of the inside indoor facilities for for the club and then as part of that building it sort of backs onto the this sloped grandstand which is a really cool design and i think is a is a real space saver in this precinct that you're developing yeah no doubt i think that the ones that those who have designed the the facility have certainly taken that into consideration and really making it something that feels like a a fortress and a home and a difficult place for opposition clubs Mm. to come to and that's certainly what we would like uh, from a football sense um, but a place that we can also be also call home and obviously a place that we can make it a real cauldron for our fans when they get to come to their one venue that they come to each year at the moment we're making it uh, probably a little bit difficult for our fans who have been fantastic in traveling with us across the nation um, to ensure that they're obviously coming to our home matches but we now get to bring that to a home in their heartland in our heartland in our catchment area so um, this is a facility that will cater for not only i guess us from a football sense but also our fans and our and our community Speaking of, I guess, the trials and tribulations that the club has gone through, you've been in this role for just over 18 months now, I believe. Uh, what, what's been the journey to, to get to this point with this facility finally turning soil and, and starting construction? Yeah, there's no doubt been a lot of hard work, like we mentioned earlier in the piece around obviously getting to this point. Um, I think, as we mentioned earlier as well, no doubt the pandemic has played a, mm. a significant part in stop starting um, this particular uh, project. The fact that we can get it underway um, in 2022 is, is, is a testament to all the hard work that um, a number of people have put in to get to this point. And like I said, it's one part of the puzzle, but it's an important part, especially from a football sense. Um, we're quite fortunate to be able to be in the place where we are now at the hangar. The facilities that we have mm-hmm. are, are fantastic and second to none for a professional and elite sporting team. But to be able to go back to a place that you can call home mm-hmm. and branded black, green, uh, and it's, it's Western United and it's home. Uh, I don't think you can obviously uh, replicate anything like that. So uh, from that end, that, that, that'll be something that we're certainly looking forward to. Yeah, to have a permanent fixture right in the, the heart of that catchment area. I think, that, I think that's something that doesn't just excite Western United fans who are watching, watching this show, but I think it would excite fans of, of probably any club in the league to have that permanent piece of infrastructure. But um, Mal, I want to drill a little bit further down into your, uh, your role as obviously general manager of football. And you sort of mentioned uh, a little bit about the challenges that the pandemic and those sort of things have thrown up in the development of the stadium. But 
it's also had a pretty big impact on the actual A-League men's season itself because, you know, games have been, you know, flying around left, right and centre, moved into new places. It's had to be a, a time where, you know, operational stuff like yourself have had to be very agile. Um, how have you and your team managed this sort of hectic uh, A-League men's campaign that's been been thrown up at you? Yeah, it certainly has been hectic for, for many reasons and it, it impacts everyone across the board. I think one of the first things and what's enabled us to adapt uh, best this season is once we came into pre-season, we sat down with the playing group and the football staff and uh, we weren't going to shy away from the back end of last season where we really probably struggled when things did go a little pear-shaped because of COVID uh, and we really didn't really adapt that well. Uh, I guess one of the first things we wanted to change at our football club was the ability to remove the no excuses um, policy that we wanted to implement here as part of our cultural shift and change. And that was something that we addressed with John and the broader group from day one when we entered pre-season. We spoke to the club, uh, we spoke to the players, sorry, uh, and the coaching staff, and we all agreed that uh, we knew that there were going to be some changes and there were going to be some impacts on our fixture uh, and the calendar this year. But we, we said we would adapt and we would not use any excuse um, to obviously impact our performance. And um, credit to our football department and our staff and our players. Uh, they've certainly taken that on board and driven that message throughout the course of the season. And I think that's really held us in good stead. Uh, it's really held us in good stead in respect to the fact that we've started really well. Uh, we've adapted to change really well. Um, and our guys have been fantastic, led by our captain and our vice captain, but also driven by our head coach and the broader football department. So. I think that the cultural shift and change in trying to make no excuses has really uh, had an impact and allowed us to obviously perform at the highest level, hopefully go a little further than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what stood out to me has been, I guess, the mental strength that the players have shown this season in a really testing environment at times. Uh, that there have been certain results that are, have been ground out this year uh, under testing conditions with players unavailable and so forth um, that I don't know that the club would have been able to hold on to in, in previous years. It, it seems like, I mean, every player we speak to talks about how tightly knit the group is and how positive everybody is. And I, and I guess that comes back to the um, what, what you spoke about earlier about the resilience and, and not using anything as an excuse. Yeah, we've got a really strong group in respect to the fact that they really buy into our team culture and team charter that we've created. We have a we have a, we have a team charter that we we basically mm. send around to every new player that comes to this football club, and they really understand the values, beliefs, and behaviours that we'd expect from Western United Football Club employees. Um, everyone has really bought into that, and we expect our football staff and our and our leaders to drive that, uh, and they have been fantastic in doing so. So. I think that um, certainly goes hand in hand in respect to understanding the results that we've been able to, uh, I guess, hold on to this year. Just a bit of a patchy Zoom call, unfortunately. It's so annoying because he was getting into some really interesting territory there, a team yeah. charter. Yeah, that's I, I have not heard um, of it. We've got a resident group. We've, we've, we've held out a number of 1-0 results and... Uh, Sorry, Jen, so uh, is that cutting out, is it? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, you were talking about the team charter and, and holding out a number of 1-0 results. That's where we, we cut off. Yeah, apologies. So we've been able to obviously hold out a number of 1-0 results, but I think it comes down to, no doubt, the, the, the resilience of the group and the behaviours and values of what we'd expect from West United Football Club players. The ability for us to actually hold on to those results, I think, comes down to the values and, and what we live on a day-to-day -day basis. And uh, 
we're really hard to to beat, and we've shown that this season that it's very difficult to to uh, to concede uh, goals against Western United Football Club, and we've really made it a really difficult. Um, I guess for our opponents to actually get back in the game once we obviously take a 1-0 lead. So that's something that's been new to what we've created this season under the guidance of John and our broader group. And, and John and Foxy have certainly added a, a great value in that sense. Um, but we've got a group of players and we've added some players with a, a fantastic amount of experience and a good balance of youth that we've seen, I guess, both players in, in, in both the youth and the, and the senior level uh, being able to adapt quite well to the new style of football that John has tried to implement at our club. But um, we've shown in recent weeks that we're, we're not only a club that can hold on to one their wins, we're, we've been able to score a number of goals and we're hopefully at some point um, not too far away from, from being comfortable winners. So I think from time to time we've shown that we're more than capable of, of scoring goals. And uh, over the weekend, obviously against Brisbane Royal, we did score five goals. Unfortunately, two of them were ruled out uh, for, for offside. But uh, we've certainly hopefully going to be able to add something to that mix understanding. We've also had a number of players out through injury. So uh, we've been really happy with the, with the group thus far. We're really happy with where we're at at this point in time, understanding we've got, you know, just seven home and away games before uh, final series football. Yeah. And it's, I think it's something that's, it's very clear that that, that culture and mentality is really at the forefront of players' minds. I mean, every, Every player that we've had the privilege of speaking to, Josh, um, mentions that dressing room culture is such a big part of why they're so committed to Western United. And uh, as someone like yourself, Mel, who's you know responsible for shaping that squad, it must be like a, a real double positive in the sense that it it's lifting the the team's performances now, but also looking ahead to the future in terms of you know keeping a squad together, adding new adding new pieces into that squad as well. To be able to say you've got that mentality that um people do genuinely want to buy into must be um, something that really, really helps you out. Yeah, we're really proud of the squad that we've put together this year. We've made a number of changes uh, uh, over the course of the pre-season. Um, we've turned over a few players this year, but we, we, we were strategic in our approach to do so. And the players that we did bring in were certainly ones that we thought of, not only just as footballers, but as people. And would they buy into the culture and the uh, and the values and behaviours that we're trying to create here at the club? And I think that's really important. And that's something that we've really focused on in respect to our recruitment, making sure not only we're bringing the right players, we've got to bring the right people. And I think that goes a long way because uh, in essence, you can have a talented squad of players, but if, if they're not buying into uh, a strong culture that we're trying to create, um, I don't think it's going to work. And we've, we've certainly been able to work on their the other side of that and focus very heavily on our, our culture side of things. And it's fantastic to note that obviously the players that are coming in here are, are saying the exact same mm -hmm. thing, which is great. Obviously that's, it's entrenched into their day-to-day uh, -day operations and what they're thinking as well. So it's fantastic to know that obviously that's something that um, they've really noticed in, in, in the big change over the course of the last 24 months. Yeah. And it, it's clear that you've hit, hit the marks, I think with a lot of those signings and particularly the, the visa players, obviously, you know, we know how good of a season Leo has had so far. Rene starting to feature regularly in that squad and Previch once he built up his fitness as well, has been has putting the goals away pretty mm. regularly. Um, how much credit do you take for the influence that those overseas signings have had on the team's performances this season? And how does the process of actually bringing them into this club in the first place go about? Yeah, so you basically, at the end of the season, we, we and obviously now we've certainly been looking for next year and what our... Um, I guess where we need to add value in our squad. So um, at the end of last season, obviously with the changing coach, things do change a little as well. So with John coming in, he had a few views on what he thought we needed to do to help obviously add to our squad. 
Um, one of those things was to make sure that we we added value to our squad with the foreigners that we do bring in. So um, we worked pretty hard on ensuring that the three that we did bring in in Prijevic, Krin, uh, and also Leo were players that were going to add value in areas that we thought we had some deficiencies. So we lost a number of players in that uh, defensive half, and we've placed obviously Leo with with uh, with with players that were obviously moved on at the end of last season, and with thus far. Leo has shown that it for me he's been one of the more consistent performers in the A League this season. Um, not only is he a fantastic football, but a great person as well, which is important. Uh, and he lives and dies by the values and behaviours that we'd expect from a Western United footballer. Um, and then you had Renee Crin, who's now starting to find his feet. He obviously had a challenging start in the initial initial stages, um, but he's really starting to find his feet now. He stood up in the absence of Neil Kilkenny over the course of the last few weeks. Um, and Renee's really starting to obviously add some great value to us. And we know that um, what he's added thus far, he's still got another few levels to go until he gets the best of, of what we'd expect from someone like uh, like Renee with the calibre and pedigree that he has. And then Alex is certainly finding his feet um, in the initial stages. Obviously, it took a bit of time to obviously come into the back end of our pre-season. Um, he needed to find his feet in respect to his physical um, state, his ability to condition uh, and adapt to the new conditions of playing in the, uh, the A-League men's competition. Um, but you can really see the quality of Alex. He's a, he's a great finisher. Um, he's one that we feel can add great value to us. And um, I think the fact that uh, John and the broader group have been able to identify, um, I guess, these players, and they've, they've worked quite well thus far, has been fantastic for our success this season. Um, but not only just the foreigners, I think the others that we've added in, you know, Nikolai Topper-Stanley has been remarkable for us. And, um, and Neil Kilkenny have also, you know, fantastic acquisitions. And uh, Ben Garuccio has been a, a fantastic player. But I think one player that's really added great value to us, it's almost like a new signing, was Josh Riston. Mm -hmm. um, and Josh has been fantastic for us this season. The fact that we didn't get much out of Josh last year due to his um, injury concerns, he's certainly been one that has, uh, has added great value to us as well. So we're, I think we've found a good balance of obviously new and fresh players that have come in and added great value to the existing squad that we've already had. Um, and more, probably more importantly for us is, uh, is not only just this season, but the ability for us to add eight scholarship players through our academy program um, that really holds us in good stead, not only for this season, but for the next few years and identifying the next, um, the next crop of talent that are going to take us through to not only this season, but the next few. I'm glad you brought that up because it's a brilliant segue to talk about Adisu Bayou who scored on the weekend. And... I mean, when that goal goes in, does does somebody pump their fist and and tick off a, a KPI for their uh, their role this season? Is there is there a remit for how many scholarship players you need to get into the team and you, and you want to get on the score sheet or on the park? Yeah, I think it was a few of us pumping our fists when we uh, <laughs> when this will hit the back of the net. Uh, look, it's a it's a great story. This was a, a product of our academy, but also a product of the Western uh, catchment area of, of playing where he plays his football. He's mm. played all his football. Um, he's also lives in the in the area. Um, so for us, it's been a great real um, story for us to actually be able to elevate Adisil to a scholarship this season. Um, and we're just delighted for the individual, the hard work that he's put in to get to this point. And hopefully uh, you like to see that rewarded. And on the weekend, obviously, he started. Um, he hit the back of the net. And uh, we hopefully think that's great things for, for this one moving forward. And there's obviously a number of scholarship players that appear on our, our start list each week. And we're hoping that Obviously, those players get more and more game time over the course of the next few years. But, um, yeah, that's something that's certainly part and parcel of bringing in Anthony Frost to continue to develop our academy system and produce players from our catchment area. And hopefully there's an opportunity for a number of other players to progress through our system and hopefully become first-team footballers for Western United Football Club in the long term. 
Yeah, well, I think there w- certainly were plenty of uh, fist bumps, Josh. Not least, and this wasn't for KPI reasons, but but from uh, media manager Lucy Jones as well, who I know is a big proponent of a of a disobey winner. <laughs> When he's out there in the park. So, I think uh, we're, we're card-carrying members of the, D- the Odyssey f- fan club. I feel like as most well. people are, in a way. Most people are, in a he's way. But so fun to watch. Um, now, obviously, we've spoken a lot about the culture in the senior team. And, and as you bring up, you know, um, Anthony Frost and, and that academy side as well, it, you know, obviously, you've got to focus, obviously, on the senior side and what they're doing across the A-League men's season. Um, but you've also got to try and instill that culture throughout the the academy side too, and and in the women's program as well. What is the key for you to to getting that consistency of of culture and approach across all of the teams you've got? He loves suspense, doesn't he? Suspenseful really zoom delay. Yeah, here he's back. He's back. Really for us. Sorry, gents, I'm not sure what's happening. Today. All good. <laughs> you just got us on tenor hooks. It's, it's great. <laughs> um, apologies. I think look, the consistency across all our programs is really important. I guess one of the uh, key attributes of my job is to ensure that we can instill the team culture and uh, values and behaviours across not only our men's program but across all our programs. So um, Anthony Frost will come in into that academy role and he'll adopt the same principles and values and behaviours that we'd accept and expect from every employee across Western United Football Club. So that filters through to our academy, that filters through to our women's football um, department and we want to make sure that there's a natural progression and consistency across all of our programs. So that team charter that we talk about and those values and behaviours that we talk about are something that we instill across all our programs. So um, across our academy, that's extremely important. Um, so when there's a natural progression of players moving from our academy into our first team, uh, the step up from academy to first team is hopefully not as big as what uh, it is in Australian football at the moment. So we want to make sure we bridge that gap and not only just about expectations um, and what we expect from people on the field, it's also what we expect from them off the field. So hopefully that's something that we can continue. Continue to do. I feel like I should start preempting. Yeah. <laughs> what we've, say. No, we've started to finish it's each other's sentences. We've gone to we continue no to well. And hopefully over the course of the next Next few years. <laughs> we there, Jen? Sorry about that. Yes. We're back. We're All back. Good. <laughs> I think we got the gist of that. So last one from us, uh, as we, we desperately hope that the Wi-Fi clings on, uh, is how closely are you going to be paying attention to Calder United versus Box Hill this weekend, their mm. first game of the MPLW season? We know about the partnership uh, between Calder, an incredibly successful women's side at, at state level in Victoria and Western United. We know it's no secret that Western United are looking to expand the program and have a senior women's team before long. Uh, they're kicking off their season this Friday. I assume you'll be tuning in? Yeah, absolutely. It's a great opportunity for our girls to once again kick off their MPL season. Um, we're delighted for them and what they've done in the in the MPL space over the course of a number of years now. Um, this is really the platform for our Calder women to ultimately build, uh, I guess, what we be, believe to be a foundation of our A-League women's side. So um, it's a great opportunity for the girls that are involved in that program to to really give their, their, their best in front of Mark Torcaso, the head coach there, to show that they're more than capable to take the next step, hopefully, into our A-League women's program. So we're quite delighted with the partnership with Calder. Um, it's given us an opportunity to not only just broaden our base as a, as a football club to ensure that you know, we, we, we make sure we're providing opportunities for both boys and girls, men's and women. So hopefully uh, this weekend is the start of another successful season for Calder uh, and hopefully an opportunity for us to continue to broaden our base as a football club. 
Well, they're playing against Box Hill United at Wembley Park this Friday night, 7.30 p.m. kickoff. And, uh, Lockie, we're both big proponents of, uh, of visiting Wembley Park as an away trip. It's a good ground Absolutely. to watch football. They do a sensational Sivlaki. So no reason for, uh, for Western United fans to avoid that one. Get down and, and, and support Calder. Absolutely. Uh, the, the MPL women's um, competition will obviously start this weekend. Our Academy MPL three boys have had a fantastic start to their season. Um, both the 21s and the 23s uh, have won both their first two games as well. Um, so we'd encourage, obviously, everyone to go out and not only watch the, the, the MPL girls at, uh, at Calder, but also the MPL boys uh, this weekend, where they also play on Sunday against Melbourne City. So that'll be a fantastic game as well. Well, that's sandwiched pretty nicely, Uh the men's game, I should say, because we've got women's on Friday night at Box Hill. We've got the men playing in Ballarat against Central Coast Mariners. That's a 2 p.m. kickoff. And then, as you say, the juniors, the uh, the academy side on Sunday, you could have a full a Western United weekend. weekend. To be a Western United fan, that's for sure. No reason not to get to all three, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if if we have Western United fans who make it to all three games, I think we should include them on the show next yep. week. Just to, Let us know. Just we'll to give us a recap out. of the entire weekend. 100%. This is a shout-out to the Western United diehards. If you make it to all three games and we expect photographic evidence, take a selfie at all three games, you get on the show. No questions asked. Can I make that executive yeah, I'm, decision? Yeah, I'm, I'm capable of that. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sure Lucy will be fine with that. Mal, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Congratulations on the new regional football facility, Turning Soil in uh, in Tarnit. That one's going to be done by next year, we hear. Yeah, May 2023. So we're certainly looking forward to that. So the start of pre-season in 2023-24, uh, we'll, be, we'll be in our new facility. So we're looking forward to that.